Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Unquestionably introvert. I prefer to listen than to talk. I'm not sure if it's a skill or a deficiency. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm a huge extrovert. I look, I could walk into a room with 500 people, not know anybody and say, wow, 500 potential new friends. Whereas an introvert would go, I'd rather have a root canal than walk into yeah. that room, yeah. right? That introvert is Norm McCall, legal veteran and best-selling author. That extrovert is Sharon Ma Jin, executive recruiter and networking expert. So are you an introvert or an extrovert? This is one of the five rapid fire questions that I ask every guest on the Talk About Talk podcast. Today, we're going to go deep on this dimension of our personality. Why? Well, partly to debunk a few of the common misconceptions there are about introversion and extroversion, but mostly because when we understand ourselves better, we can communicate more effectively. Greetings and welcome to Talk About Talk. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Whether you're an ambitious executive looking to catapult your career by improving your communication skills, or maybe you have a growth mindset, you're always looking to learn and improve your communication, or perhaps both. Well, you're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like personal branding, confidence, and networking. This is the critically important stuff that they don't teach you in school, and it's what takes you from a B plus to an A plus in whatever it is that you do. And if you check out the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find online corporate training, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, online courses, the free weekly communication skills newsletter, and of course, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast. I really hope you'll go to the website and sign up for the free weekly communication skills training newsletter, but you can choose whatever works for you. Welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 82. In this episode, we talk all about one dimension of our personality, the introvert-extrovert scale. I'm going to start by defining it for you and telling you how to measure it, and then we're going to get into debunking some myths and misconceptions. And let me tell you, these misconceptions drive me crazy. Okay, let's get into this. As always, you don't need to take notes because I'm going to do that for you. I summarize everything for you at the end of this episode. And you can always access the printable episode show notes on the talkabouttalk.com website. So just keep doing whatever you're doing, driving or walking or housework or whatever. And by the way, if you're lying back on the couch, I'm good with that too. All right, let's start with this. If you ever took a psychology class in college, chances are you learned about the big five personality dimensions. Guess what? One of these big five personality dimensions is extroversion. Many of us are also familiar with the introvert-extrovert scale from the Myers-Briggs personality test, and this is the number one most common personality test in the world. You know, the one that diagnoses you as an ISFP or an ENTJ or whatever. And that first letter, the I or the E, is introvert or extrovert. By the way, I'll leave links to both of these personality tests, the Myers-Briggs and the Big Five personality test, in the show notes, in case you want to read more or maybe even take the test for yourself. 
As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, at the end of every Talk About Talk podcast interview, I ask the interviewee five rapid-fire questions. And one of these questions is, are you an introvert or an extrovert? The first thing you need to know is that I ask this as a binary, a black or white question on purpose. I'm really just trying to be provocative. Introvert or extrovert? Like, we're all one or the other. But here's the thing. It's not binary. The truth is that this is a scale. It's a continuum. So think of it as a continuous line from introversion to extroversion. And each of us can be anywhere on that scale. Okay, so then the real question is, where are you on the introversion to extroversion scale? Before we can answer this question for ourselves, we're going to need some definitions. It's not quite as simple as you might think. Many people believe that introverts are shy and extroverts are outgoing, but it is not that simple. And in fact, that can be wrong. I encourage you to think in terms of two factors. One, your attention, and two, your energy. And specifically, whether you prefer or feel more comfortable focusing internally or externally when it comes to this attention and this energy. You got it? So it's internal or external and attention and energy. That's the simple way of thinking about this. But let me elaborate. Let's focus first on attention. Extroverts like to spend time on the external outer world of people and things, while introverts are focused internally on their inner world of ideas and images. So it's not surprising then that a 2011 study published in the journal Cognitive Neuroscience found that highly extroverted people crave external social stimuli. In terms of orientation, extroverts are action-oriented, while introverts are thought-oriented. That makes sense. In terms of knowledge and influence, extroverts seek breadth, while introverts seek depth. Again, that makes sense, doesn't it? And in terms of interaction, Extroverts often prefer more frequent interaction, while introverts prefer more substantial interaction. So think here, when it comes to attention, it's external for extroverts or internal for introverts. And the same thing goes for energy, actually. It's external for extroverts and internal for introverts. According to clinical psychologist Michael Alchi, Introverts and extroverts are all about energy and how we recharge and refuel. Simply put, extroverts recharge and get their energy from spending time with people, while introverts recharge and get their energy from spending time alone. And let me tell you, this is a big one for me. When I get home from a social event or even a meeting, I am wired. People fuel me up. It takes me hours to calm down. It's kind of frustrating sometimes. Yes, I'm an extreme extrovert. What about you? Here's the question to help you diagnose yourself. How do you feel after a few hours alone, focusing on something that you like to do or to think about? Are you energized or are you drained? And compare that to a few hours with other people, socializing. Are you energized or are you drained? And which one of these scenarios, being alone for a few hours or socializing for a few hours, which would leave you feeling more drained and which would leave you feeling more energized. Like I said, it's not as simple as extroverts are outgoing and introverts are shy. No, 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 no. I hope you got that. Instead of asking whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, ask yourself two questions. Where do you put your attention? 
And where do you get your energy? Personally, I can tell you my attention is definitely externally focused. I get my energy from being around others. In fact, even when I'm working on my own, my mind naturally goes to other people. Like if I'm writing a podcast script or a newsletter, the whole time I'm thinking about other people and how they're going to perceive what I'm writing. So even in solitude, I'm focusing my attention on others. Like I said, I'm an off-the-charts extrovert. Again, I encourage you to think in terms of internal or external and attention and energy. That's really the simple way of thinking about this. All right, that's it for definitions. Let's move on to the fun stuff, myths and misconceptions. Let me tell you, there are a few here and they drive me crazy. I'm going to share three myths with you about the introvert-extrovert scale. Okay, the first misconception is actually something that I already mentioned. It's the fact that the introvert-extrovert scale is not binary. Okay, okay, I admit I may be fueling this misconception. One of the five rapid-fire questions that I ask is simply introvert or extrovert. But again, it's not binary. It's a continuum. And in fact, most of us are somewhere in the middle. There's a word for that. Do you know what it is? It's ambivert. The prefix ambi, A-M-B-I, means both. And the truth is, when it comes to introversion and extroversion, most of us are both. Maybe instead I should be asking introvert, ambivert, or extrovert. What do you think? Maybe not, but this is good to know, right? I'm an introvert. I think there's a word for that. I don't know what it is, but I definitely know that I have to be both of those people. It's ambivert. You, and you, there you, you are highly functional. I know you well enough to know that you are highly functional. When you're on stage, mm-hmm. you are gaining energy from your audience, right? I'm on fire. And when you're at home and you're working at your desk, you are gaining energy from whatever you're typing. hundred percent. Thinking about I just learned something. My IQ went up by a couple of percentage points. <laughs> ambivert. That's me. That was Tosca Reno, the phenomenally resilient New York Times bestselling author and the founder of the Eat Clean Diet. Also, our guest for Talk About Talk episodes number 25 and 27, focused on self-talk. She's an ambivert, and so are most of us. So there you go. That's the first misconception, now debunked. The second misconception is related to introversion and shyness. The truth is that shyness and introversion are not the same thing at all. Let's back up. We now know the strict definition of an introvert, right? Introverts are internally focused in terms of their attention and their energy. But here's the thing. Introverts can choose to be social and to interact with others. They just know it will deplete their energy. Shy people, depending on the level of their shyness, can't make that same choice without a very high cost. An introverted person can prepare themselves to go to a party or to a work conference, knowing that it will drain their energy. Much like how an extrovert like me can close the door to their office to work through something by themselves in solitude, similarly knowing that it will drain them. For a shy person, a party or a big work conference isn't just a drain, as it could be for an introvert. It's a real struggle. For extremely shy people, socializing makes them very anxious. So you can think of the difference between introversion and shyness in terms of whether you can choose to be social, that is, without anxiety. To better illustrate this, I think about the many experts I've interviewed for Talk About Talk episodes, where I ask, are you an introvert or an extrovert? 
And many, many of them said, I'm a true introvert, but I've practiced being social. And here's the thing, socializing, even being on stage, certainly doesn't seem to make them anxious. It just drains them, and they know that. This reminds me of some of my favorite professors at Harvard Business School. I mean the ones who are incredible in the classrooms, the best teachers, the ones who excel on stage. I was surprised to learn that many of these fantastic teachers are introverts, like extreme introverts, not ambiverts. Like when they get home after a day of teaching, they collapse. Clearly they aren't anxious about interacting with others, but it drains them. Introverts, yes. Shy, no. It's not the same thing. Got it? Okay. The third and last misconception about the introversion-extroversion scale is probably the most important thing that I hope you'll take away from this episode. Are you ready? Here it is. Unfortunately, many people believe the misconception that extroverts are somehow better than introverts, that we should all be seeking extroversion. No, no, no. First of all, I have to say, big hat tip to Susan Cain for this one. Do you know who Susan Cain is? Have you ever heard of a book called Quiet? The full title is actually Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. Let that sink in for a minute. Susan isn't a psychologist. Rather, she has degrees in English and law. And she's an extreme introvert. But she's had a huge impact on the world with her book, which has been translated into 36 languages and appeared on many best-of lists. And it was named the number one best book of the year by Fast Company magazine, amongst others. She also has a hugely popular TED Talk. Thanks in large part to Susan, we now acknowledge that introverts are typically better listeners. Do you hear me? Better listeners. We could just stop there, right? I mean, like I've said so many, many times, if I had to choose one communication superpower, the thing that we should all focus on, if we could choose just one thing, it would be listening. And introverts got that. Us extroverts, we need to shush and listen. Susan also talks about how introverts' strengths may lie in their authenticity, while extroverts may be more prone to showmanship. You get the idea. Introverts are undervalued. Meanwhile, psychologists have been focusing on comparing introverts versus extroverts on factors like positive affect. This is understandable. The basic hypothesis is something like, because extroverts are more externally focused and they seek social interactions, they therefore may report higher levels of satisfaction and subjective well-being. But here's the thing. It turns out that the results in this kind of psychology research is mixed. And according to psychotherapist Mike Dow, while introverts may be more likely to be diagnosed with anxiety, remember my comments about shyness? Well, introverts may feel some anxiety because they feel overwhelmed with social stimuli. But he also points out that extroverts' affinity for finding the next pleasurable sensation makes them more prone to addiction. Hmm. That reminds me of the profanity episode from way back when I interviewed linguistics professor Darren Flynn about profanity. This is a bit of a digression, but there's a related point here about introverts and extroverts. I promise. I remember when I got Darren on the phone to interview him, and I thanked him profusely. He didn't know me at all, but he immediately agreed to do the interview. He said, of course, this sounds like fun. I love talking about profanity, and I knew you'd be an extrovert. You're hosting a podcast. 
And the topic of profanity? Well, sweariness is correlated with extroversion. Wait, what? Slow down, Professor Flynn. And that's when he said, no, please call me Darren. Here's the thing. The interview hadn't even started yet. I hadn't even pressed record, but he elaborated. It turns out there are certain personality traits that are correlated with sweariness. Love that word. Sweariness is a propensity to use profanity. And one of these personality traits that's correlated with sweariness is extroversion. Extroverts are more likely to swear. So is that a bad thing? Well, I'm not sure. But it's probably not a good thing. Back to my original point. Introversion is not a weakness. And extroversion is not all good. Introverts are often better listeners. They may be more authentic. They're less prone to addiction. And they're less likely to swear at you. All hail the introvert. So that's the third and last misconception about the introvert-extrovert scale. The first misconception is that we're all one or the other. Nope, it's a continuous scale. And in fact, most of us are in the middle. We're ambiverts. The second misconception is about introversion and shyness. It turns out they are not the same thing. Introverts are not necessarily socially anxious. It's more to do with their attention and their energy. And last, extroverts don't rule. Introverts have many, many positive attributes that us extroverts should aspire to. And that leads me to the last point that I want to share with you. We are not all seeking the same particular personality. The real superpower for all of us is in knowing ourselves, our true unique selves, in understanding where we sit on these various personality dimensions, recognizing our strengths and our weaknesses or opportunities, and then doing something about it, planning our day around what provides us with energy and what depletes us. I had an interesting conversation recently with my friend Heather Stark, an executive coach who works with senior leaders. One of the things that she does herself and that she coaches her clients to do is to manage their energy every day based on whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. So if you have big meetings or social events, knowing whether that will fill you up or deplete you can be like a superpower. Imagine your productivity, never mind your happiness, if you could just manage your energy. Personally, if I have an important meeting or a presentation, I know I'm going to be fired up for hours afterwards. So this is what I've done. I've started to put things in my calendars for the few hours afterwards that might not need deep thought, but that need my energy. And I know I'll have that energy. This also helps with our relationships and dealing with our coworkers and our family members, of course. My husband, for example, is an extreme introvert. So I know that he needs his solitude to feel fulfilled and energized. When it comes to relationships with our family members and our coworkers, there's also the listening thing, right? If you're like me, you should probably remind yourself to talk less and listen more. As Jill Nicolation, the CEO of ad agency Juniper Park TBWA shared with us in episodes 75 and 76, we need to hold space and listen. I love that. Whether you're seated around the boardroom table or at the dining room table, We extroverts need to hold space and listen to the introverts. 
On the other hand, if you're an introvert, you can take pride in your ability to listen and internalize things. Please know that we do want to learn and hear what you're thinking about. The point here is that we all add value. And we've been hearing a lot lately about the positive effects of diversity. Diverse boards and leadership teams perform better. Diversity means not just visible diversity in terms of race and gender and so on, but also in terms of personalities. We all have something to contribute, and our superpowers lie in knowing and leveraging our unique strengths. Well, that seems like a great place to end. Let me briefly, and I mean briefly, summarize. First, the definition of introverts and extroverts. No, it's not simply about being shy or outgoing. Remember, it's about being internally or externally focused in terms of two things, our attention and our energy. And the three misconceptions we talked about? The first is that the extrovert-introvert scale is binary. Nope, it's a continuous scale. And in fact, most of us are in the middle, we're ambiverts. The second misconception is about introversion and shyness. It turns out they are not the same thing. Introverts are not necessarily socially anxious. It has more to do with their attention and energy. And last, extroverts don't rule. Introverts have many positive attributes that we extroverts should aspire to. Introverts are often better listeners. They may be more authentic, less prone to addiction, and less likely to swear at you. Okay, I'm tempted to swear at you right now, but I'm going to keep this PG. Okay, that's it. We covered lots here. Again, you can find a printable version of the show notes for this episode, including a summary, a transcript, and lots of references and resources. Just go to the talkabouttalk.com website, click on podcast and show notes. And while you're there, I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter if you're not already. This is your chance to get free communication skills coaching from me every week in a simple to digest email. I promise you, no spam and no more than once per week. Just go to talkabouttalk.com to sign up or email me directly and I'll add you to the list. You can email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. And I just want to add one last thing. Whether you're an extrovert, an introvert, or more likely an ambivert, thank you for listening and talk soon.